You're in tune to the Fusebox Radio Broadcast. Uh, turn the music up inside my session. These folks gotta hear my message. Bringing balanced black radio to the masses. All right, everybody. One, two, one, two. What's going on? This is DJ Fusion of the Syndicated Fusebox Radio Broadcast. And we got a little bit of an extra special bonus interview and bonus content for our podcast listeners this week. I know y'all been checking out a bunch of stuff that we've been doing, and we got another um, awesome thing for y'all to listen to in regard to some stuff that's actually going on in D.C. this weekend on Saturday, February 20th, 2016, over at the Mayweather Hotel. The Capitol Canna Show is going down. And I know for some of our listeners who are not in the state or the D.C. metro area, you might not be familiar with the aspect of Washington, D.C. currently being in a state of decriminalization in regards to people having marijuana on them for their own personal purposes, much less anything medical. And the business scene and more has been definitely an interesting situation with things in flux in regard to how people can do things on an individual basis or as a business or corporation because we still have the aspect of while marijuana in different forms and ways can be used by individuals um, in different states, there's still the whole thing hanging over us about the federal government pretty much is telling us to go to hell and no, we are not about marijuana in any way shape or form if it's not like medical research or something like that so with this current situation in the heart of washington dc we have the upcoming again capital canna show and we have the founder of the show on the phone with us with um suman agarwal how are you doing today? hey hey mary i'm doing well thanks for having me on Fusebox. um thank you for i'm definitely taking out some time with us literally two days before the event okay. Now, and I'm sorry, I, I mispronounced your name again. I'm Summit Argawal, guys. This, this, that's my fault on that end. Now, um, let me ask you, um, how did you get everything together with the Capital Cannabis Show? Yeah, you know, I've been involved with the uh, cannabis advocacy scene here in D.C. Uh, for over a year and a half. Um, and so just by uh, going to different meetings and networking, I kind of developed um, a pretty good group of, of people that specialize in either uh, medicinal cannabis, uh, cannabis policy, uh, cannabis as a, a cultivation, uh, recreational use, kind of all different facets. And so it was easy to kind of bring my network together uh, after working through uh, NORML, uh, the National Organization of Reform Marijuana Law, um, and get everybody to come together under one roof. All right. And I do see that... Um... One thing I think is definitely good to this particular event is I know when you go to some other places like um, some of the high times events and stuff like that, sometimes yeah. these events are wildly expensive where it's like, yeah, I kind of want to go, but is it that serious for me to go? Because, right, right. damn, I want to go on vacation sometime during the year. Right. Um, I really appreciate that y'all have this event being extremely affordable for folks. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks for bringing that up, Mary. Yeah, so so since I've been in D.C., the trend that I've kind of noticed here is one of two things. One, uh, just like with some other events, you know, I'm not going to name any names, uh, they come up from, you know, either the West Coast or, or the Midwest and, and put on these giant conventions, but the ticket prices are exorbitantly high. You're looking at, you know, $420 or $210 to attend these things. 
And so you're absolutely right. You know, it's, are you going to take your time out of your day or take off work to kind of go and spend that type of money uh, to learn about something you might mildly be interested in? Probably not. Um, and on the other side, what you also see happen is for the cheaper events, a lot of the educational aspects are, are upsold. So you can go and, and get through the door, but to listen to someone speak or to get some education, uh, you're going to have to pay a lot extra. Um, and so what I wanted to do was kind of turn that model on its head and say, let's start by making it affordable first and then see what we can get and make it something so we are um, engaging uh, a large amount of people at once instead of just trying to pick and, off, uh, pick and choose the select few that can afford to attend. Oh, definitely, definitely. And with this particular event, I am glad that you brought up this particular aspect. I do see there are a lot of um, speakers that are going to be there yeah. and um, some yeah. seminars and things. Could you um, break down a little bit of what people can expect at this event? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, from, from the speakers and the panels uh, are really focusing on and contributing to the educational portion of our event. And so we're trying to cover all aspects of the cannabis scene. Um, you know, it goes, it's a lot bigger than just recreational use. Um, you mentioned this before, Mary, there's a huge industry and business popping up around cannabis. Uh, you can mm-hmm. see that in Denver, Colorado. You can see that in Oregon and Washington State. Um, so we're going to have uh, some speakers and, and panelists talking about the business of cannabis. We're also going to be having um, some speakers and panels talking about cannabis cultivation and best practices. We're going to be covering medicinal cannabis and how cannabis can be used as medicine. Uh, we're also going to be having Councilman uh, David Grasso, who is an at-large councilman here in Washington, D.C., as a part of our policy panel talking about how the laws are changing here in Washington, D.C. Um, and we also have some cool individual speakers. We have David Victorson. Uh, David Victorson is the uh, largest marijuana smuggler ever. He was arrested with 37 tons of marijuana back in the back in the 60s. The largest Ooh. bust to date. Uh, so he talks about his his role in uh, marijuana smuggling, uh, incarceration, and the drug war. And then right after him, we have uh, Major Neil Franklin, who's actually uh, spent 20 years as a Maryland state trooper and is now the executive director of LEAP, uh, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. So we're kind of covering the incarceration and drug war angle from two different sides there, which I think is really cool. And we also have just basic courses on Cannabis 101. We have a full tutorial on cannabis and wine pairing that I think people will enjoy. So all in all, we have a very, very comprehensive agenda that I think, you know, will give something to everybody depending on that. No, definitely. That definitely sounds like a nice coverage that everybody can get within one day. Now, one thing I know people talk about a lot as of late is the business of uh, marijuana. And when you talk about the business, are you talking about the regular things, like in terms of how to actually, you know, LLC and, you know, get to find founding a business to um, sell marijuana? Or is it more of the aspects of, I guess, how you would promote that you're selling it while at the same token keeping on the, I guess, legal side as you possibly can with it. It's a D.C. situation, and I'm sure in a bunch of other states it gets it gets a little hectic, you know. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think I can walk down the street and be there like, I am DJ Fusion LLC and I'm selling weed, and it's just fine and dandy. Are there right, like some breakdowns right. in regard to how that can be done? So, I mean, I know there's certain businesses where there might be more on the clothing side of things, like the, um, like, we'll say like, like, say, hip clothing or something like that. Or mm-hmm. might sell paraphernalia, but in terms of you actually selling the product, uh, um, stuff like that going to be broken down? Since I think we just had the situation with the Kush Styles folks uh, sure, yeah, a few weeks ago, and that got um, and that got very interesting just from the way the news was covering it and stuff. Yep. So, yep. 
Like, yeah, like, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I guess, you know, from the, from the business standpoint, um, you know, there's layers in the cannabis industry. Uh, you have your dispensaries and your cultivators and your processors, and that's kind of like the top level, the top line. These are people that, um, you know, usually are from the West Coast that have been ahead of the curve and have, have anticipated these laws changing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And these are, these are big multi-million dollar businesses. And so when it comes to, you know, our event, what we're really trying to do is highlight and focus on a lot of local businesses and at the same time incorporate the big dispensaries here in DC. So, um, you're seeing a lot of, uh, small businesses here in the district kind of pop up around a few main ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the biggest ones being, uh, learning how to grow your own cannabis at home, which is completely legal here in DC, uh, cannabis apparel and clothing uh, and fashion. Um, cannabis accessories, glassware, pipeware, that sort of thing. And then also cannabis consulting businesses. Um, for example, one of our exhibitors is a local business uh, run by a woman named Shara Gibson called Cannabis Ventures. Mm-hmm. And her whole, whole business focuses on people that want to uh, create LLCs, that want to take advantage of this emerging opportunity, that maybe have been recreational users or maybe have had, you know, have, have, have worked with cannabis before in the past and want to kind of take that next level and, and kind of move out of the, the gray area, so to speak, and into the um, into the into the, uh, the taxable legal world, I guess is the best way to call it. So, um, you know, we're, we're covering all aspects of the industry, but we definitely have a, a major focus on a lot of the local businesses that are popping up here in D.C., uh, given all the recent changes in the laws and Initiative 71. So. Okay, that is definitely interesting. And for those people who are more on the recreational end, are there like, any type of interesting like legal boundaries they had to deal with if they want to grow marijuana in their um, residences? So here in D.C., you know, the, a lot of people don't know the law, so I'll go through them with you real quick. That's a great question. You're allowed to uh, possess up to two ounces of marijuana. You can gift, gift, uh, uh, not, not sell, um, up to an ounce of marijuana. You can grow 12 plants in your home legally, only six of which can be mature. Um, and so those are, those are three, I think, of the major bullet points that, that kind of came out of Initiative 71. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of those three, those three rules, and there's a lot more, there's a lot more things that, that go along with Initiative 71, but just for the sake of, of time and simplicity, those three things are really what are driving, um, all these local businesses to kind of come out of the shadows and, and really launch themselves. Okay. Yeah, because I know with the laws and stuff, I think some people that they're like, I can have a whole bunch of bricks in my house. And I'm like, I don't think that's how it goes. <laughs> you know, I don't want I anybody mean, getting caught out there. So just one of those things I just yeah. want to throw out to people who um, may yeah. be in the local area where we're broadcasting at in this regard. And um, just out of curiosity with the situation, when you talk about there can only be a certain amount of mature plants. Is it like people are like bum rushing in somebody's house? Like you got seven mature plants. You're getting arrested or you're a dealer. Or- you know, you know, I'll I'll be I'll be real with you. The, the cops in D.C. aren't exactly focusing in on cannabis-related crime right now. I think that the example that the city has set over the past year has shown that cannabis users and cannabis growers are are generally a a pretty much uh, non-violent, friendly, um, generous, uh, um, you know, pretty much a, a very passive community. Um, so in terms of you know growing and all that, of course, you should abide by the rules. Um, now, is the SWAT team going to come and bust down your door if, you know, if one of your plants matured too early or something like that? Probably not. Um, but, you know, again, you know, a, a lot of what's going on here in D.C., I think, is, is good for people, like you said, that are growing or, or maybe do consume uh, cannabis on a regular basis. I think this is going to benefit everybody tremendously. So, 
Um, but yeah, hopefully the laws continue to, to to grow and change in a benefit that's more in a, in a way that's more pro cannabis and, and makes it easier for everybody involved. All right, definitely, definitely. And speaking of that, we can get right into um some of the um folks who are going to be here for policy. Now, I'm personally familiar with um Normal and some mm-hmm. of the work they do. Um, for those who may not be familiar, like what are some of the I guess policy type of things that still that you think still need to be worked on to I guess to maybe hopefully have us get to the point where marijuana is legal. Yeah, of course. I mean, right now here in D.C., immediately, you know, you're looking at the ban on pot clubs, mm-hmm. um, which are, you know, smoking cannabis and, and private clubs. And I mean, the argument there is pretty straightforward. You know, you're only allowed to consume cannabis in your house, but what if you have children? What if you want to consume responsibly outside of your residence? You know, you need a place to go. There is a need for that sort of thing. So I think that, that, that again, and, and, and with that movement in particular, that was tabled, I think, for for 90 days, and, and D.C. assigned a special task force to kind of take a look and do private marijuana clubs and how that would work. But um, passing that initiative and, and getting that going would be a huge step in the right direction in terms of just um, making making cannabis, I think, more acceptable overall uh, here in the DMV. Um, of course, you know, we still have... Uh, the struggle here with, with recreational dispensaries. Um, this isn't a situation like in Colorado or in Washington State where, you know, you walk outside of, uh, of the Broncos Stadium and there's like 20 dispensaries out there and you can just go wherever you want. Uh, there's only four dispensaries, I think maybe five now, uh, here in D.C. And there's still a big, you know, there's still a big struggle with dispensaries because a lot of people are still getting the cannabis through, you know, through their guy, through, through the person that they've been getting it from before the laws kind of changed. And so um, what we really want to push forward, I think one of the things that would really help move the movement or, or enhance the movement is, is re- uh, recreational dispensary legalization as well. So that's something that uh, hopefully happens in the next five to ten years. And that's when we're really going to see the revenue from, from uh, cannabis start to help D.C., start to help the surrounding areas. Okay, definitely, definitely. And speaking of, you know, you getting your stuff from your guy, is this a good <laughs> event for for your guy to get through to try to get, you know, some, some business protections and stuff? You know, this is a, an event for anybody that's interested in cannabis, uh, whether you are a recreational user or a patient or a family member for somebody. And, and what's bringing everybody together here is, is the, um, is the I guess, the want to, to learn more about this wonderful plant. So you're going to meet a lot of like-minded people at this event. Um, so, you know, you're going to meet a lot of people that would be very, very interested and, and would love to share and, and, and tell stories. So um, I think that there's definitely going to be some, something for everybody. Right, definitely, definitely. If that answers your question. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think it does. Since I do, well, I mean, I don't care, whatever. I mean, I do know some folks who have, back in the day to the present, have been that guy. And yeah, people, you know, people are looking at this like, okay, I see a business developing and mm-hmm. I see this being something that, you know, eventually I might not have to deal with legal repercussions with, but how right. do I get in? And this to me seems like one of those type of programs where you have multiple ways that you can learn about how the system is changing and how you could possibly get in there almost on an um, individual entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial level besides being able to build with like minds and stuff on things. So. That was um, definitely a thought. I definitely hope the event is a springboard for, for people looking to utilize their entrepreneurial talents in other ways and and take advantage of um, any resources they do have to kind of 
create businesses that they can file with in the District of Columbia. So I definitely hope that we, we create a new wave of entrepreneurs here in D.C. Um, that, that follow the rules and, um, you know, are, are in the cannabis industry. And I, and I definitely I definitely agree with you there. I definitely think there's a lot of opportunity for people to learn about different ways they can jump in and, and make an impact and, and, and make money as well. All right, definitely, definitely. And now I see with this event, um, as I mentioned earlier, it's a very affordable event. I think it's still $25 tickets, or have they gone up as of today? I'm sorry, man, I didn't, I didn't catch that. One more time, please. And I was just um saying um, I was looking at the prices of everything, and I just was want to try to make sure. I was saying it was a very affordable event, and yeah. I think the ticket prices yeah. were about $25, if I remember correctly. That is correct. So tickets right now are on sale on Eventbrite for $25. They will be $30 at the door. Uh, so if you are planning on attending, please, please, please save yourself some money and, and get the tickets on Eventbrite. And that is, trust and believe, that's a very excellent price for this and all the information that you'll be getting. And also you'll be able to see a lot of exhibitors at this event too. Absolutely. And, and, and a couple other things on, on the tickets. Uh, the event is free for all active and retired military. Okay. So um, part of part of our initiative here at, at Capital Canada Show was to support uh, a local organization in D.C. called the National Association for Concerned Veterans, ran by a man named Cecil Bird. Uh, Cecil is uh, has established a shelter for homeless female veterans here in D.C. Uh, we are proud to recently secure a thousand dollars for their organization, and again, that's a community-based organization focused on veterans. Um, the the link between veterans and and cannabis users is extremely high. Um, the link between, you know, uh, treating PTSD, uh, with pills versus with cannabis, um, is undeniable. Uh, so one thing I do want to point out to any, any veterans that may be listening is that if you, if you are interested in checking it out, please feel free to come by. Don't worry about the ticket cost. We'd love to have you. And that's definitely a beautiful thing to have that there for everybody. So please, for, I know we have a nice military listenership. Definitely come through. And check everything out this Saturday. Also, I see that some proceeds are going for to the organization for the students for sensible drug policy. That's right. Yeah. So SSDP is, you know, these are the students. Uh, these are the young minds that are that are eventually going to, you know, to push. They're eventually going to push cannabis uh, legislation forward. So we definitely wanted to get students involved. We have um, different discount codes for students that attended University of Maryland, Georgetown, Howard, Gallaudet, um, George Mason, George Washington. Um, and so definitely, definitely getting that demographic on board and, and having them um, there is going to be a big thing for us to kind of engage and, and move the laws forward. All right. So this is going to be a really awesome event, guys. So definitely more, go. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry, man. One more thing I want to say is I really would encourage everybody that's listening to get out and register to vote. Um, you know, it's great to have attendance at the event. It's great to show your support on Facebook and social media and post the pictures. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was at a meeting the other day. And Adam Eidinger, who is our keynote speaker, who pushed through Initiative 71, it was, this was his baby, he's the one that made pot legal in D.C., asked a simple question, how many of you guys are registered to vote here in D.C.? How many of you guys, you know, can we count on to, to influence these laws? And in a room of 50 people um, of all uh, ages and races, only two people raised their hands. And that was oh, that wow. was powerful. That was compelling. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to make a change and you want to, you know, you want to influence this and, and have it go the right way, if you want to see future cannabis shows and more cannabis businesses and, and all that, I would encourage you to get out, register to vote, because that's really the, truly the only way to make a difference in, in the District of Columbia and everywhere else.
That is definitely a fact. I know that some people are looking at our presidential election cycle going like, oh, God, really? That's another reason why you need to vote, too. Because everything Absolutely. from um, the local level on up, people's voices do get heard via voting. And as we have seen throughout the past few years, sometimes people will try to stop you from voting on anything. So definitely, exactly. you know, exercise your power for that. And I'm definitely glad that you uh, brought that up. But, um, yes, um, Capital Canada shows going down this Saturday, February 20th from 9 to 5 p.m. at the Mayweather Hotel. You May, Mayflower Hotel. I'm sorry. Mayflower, Mayflower. Hotel. Ah, oh, I say Mayweather. Sorry. At the Mayflower Hotel. Yep. And yep. you can find out more information about the event at CapitalCanashow.com. C-A-P-I-T-O-L-C-A-N-N-A-S-H-O-W dot com and you got all the wonderful links to the various social media on there the agenda mm-hmm. for all of the speakers throughout the day which is again a very power-packed lineup of folks oh yeah i mean speakers. very very powerful. and one thing that you're going to notice last thing i'm going to say before i shut up here is that as you go through our, our speakers and our exhibitors we did a, we, we, we tried to keep the diversity in mind and and so as you look through it and look through our educational content one thing you're going to notice is we have representation from all different nationalities, genders, um, really try to include a, multi, a lot of multiple viewpoints in this whole thing. So I really think that this is going to be something that everybody can enjoy. Definitely. And that's one thing I um, definitely wanted to bring up with this too, which I highly appreciate. You are going to see people of all different backgrounds in the mix here. I Absolutely. know some folks see it, um, Charlotte Green, who made her name oh, yeah. in Alaska. And I actually saw her at an event not too long ago. That's gonna be a dope speech. Speech. <laughs> Tell people that. Right yeah, Carlos, great. We, we, she, she joined on. She's, she's, you know, she's doing some. She's gonna do some, doing some big things here in DC. She focuses on diversity um, uh, in, in the cannabis industry, which is, which is a huge, huge issue uh, that needs to be tackled before this whole thing moves forward. Um, and so we are thrilled to have her on board. And also, just on a personal note, you know, the, I work on the Capital Canada Show with my partner Chris. Uh, we're both minority business owners, uh, myself being uh, an Indian and being African-American. So uh, we are all about uh, the diversity movement within cannabis, and we're glad to have uh, Charlo Green on board because she is a phenomenal speaker, and she really does a lot um, uh, in that arena. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, even when I first started looking on the site after going through my Instagram, I was like, wait a second, okay. Some, somebody is aware, so I'm definitely right. more into this besides just the basic subject matter. I want to talk to people. So, you know, definitely thank y'all for doing that. And yes, again, guys, com. Check it out. Get those Eventbrite tickets. Again, $25 via Eventbrite at the doors, $30. And you're going to have a full lineup of great speakers, panels, exhibitors, and more. And also, again, for the folks who are into learning about the legal side and policy of things, that's going to be in effect as well. Everybody's listed on the website in regard to who's going to be at the event and representing. Um, We're going to be there doing our prestige. So some of y'all try to look pretty and say hi because we'll be taking pictures and interviewing folks and recording different stuff. So, yeah, we just definitely want to um, put this event out there to the masses and definitely want to... Thank you for, again, giving us some time to interview you before getting into, I'm sure, a hectic next few days. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and big shout out to our, our marketing uh, and media coordinator, uh, Dipsica, at DipDMV on, on Instagram. She's the one that connected us. Uh, uh, she's the one that connected Canada Show with Fusebox, so thank you to her for, for making this happen, too. No, definitely, since... 
your marketing is on it. I will tell you that <laughs> right yeah. now. Your your team is very, very excellent with this. And for all of our Fusebox Radio listeners, literally not within even maybe the next few hours, you will have this via our podcast stream to listen to the full interview. You can always check us out at FuseboxRadioOnline.com, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E. Com, and you can access us via your favorite podcast app or service of choice, such as iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Acast, Overcast, Player FM, Podbean, and plenty more. And you'll be able to also access this interview at any time via our official blog site, which is blackradioisback.com. So again, thank you to Summit Argawal of the Capital Canna Show. And again, you can check out everything happening with this event at capitalcannashow.com. And we're about to keep it going ahead and moving. All right. This is the Fusebox Radio broadcast, bringing the balance back to black radio since 1998. Rolling out. Peace. You can listen to the Fusebox Radio broadcast via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Addict, and your other favorite podcast players. Check out the Fusebox Radio's official website for our latest episodes, events, and more at FuseboxRadioOnline.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fusebox Radio Show, Twitter at Twitter.com slash Fusebox Radio, and Instagram at Instagram.com slash Fusebox Radio. Feel free to contact us at FuseboxRadio at gmail.com to submit music for airplay consideration, 